Welcome to the Julie Salant Podcast, the place to reconnect to your heart and live your soul purpose. This is where you will find inspiring information on how to reconnect to your heart, get into mind-body-spirit alignment, and step into your personal power. Together, we will hear messages from the sacred animal kingdom, discuss how to reframe success that works best for you, and learn to step into divine flow, allowing you to do what your soul came here to do. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hi, everyone. Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. I am thrilled today to have my dear friend Darby Bonomi here with me. We are doing a masterclass today on how we can get the healing benefit at the barn with our horses when life's nerves creep in and steal our joy, which I know we are all kind of dealing with no matter what time of year it is. Thank you for being here, Darby. I'm thrilled to have you today. Oh, thank you, Julie. I'm thrilled to be back. This is going to be fun. So Darby and I have been going over uh, just discussing kind of how we can be more joyous, right? When we're either at the barn or we can, we bring a lot of life stresses to the barn. That's probably the better way to say it. So what can you do to bring in a state of joy at the barn and reclaim your riding? Let's start with that, Darby. Oh, that's a big question, Julie. I I know it's a big one, (laughs) right? It is. And, um, but we all ride. I mean, part of why we ride is, is for that, for the emotional and mental benefit of being at the barn, right? I don't, I know for me personally, when I'm at the barn, I'm in my most grounded, most joyful, most grateful state. I mean, right? It's really a state of grace being at the barn. And after I ride, right? The day can be complicated and stressors at work and, and kids and whatever else. And after I ride, it's like, well, what's the problem? There's no yeah. problem. Yes. Anymore, right? yes. Just being with my horse, even not riding, just being with my horse, being in the stall brushing him just cleaning tack the whole package is just so beneficial for me and for my clients um so but what happens right as you know is we pack all of our stress and we bring it to the barn and then then we aren't joyful then we don't get the full benefits and also we drag all that stuff to the barn so how can we I think what we're trying to say is how can we drop all that and really um take in what the horses and the whole barn has to offer for us yes um and so I so I'll throw something out Julie and then you can expand I think we need to create some boundaries for ourselves um and there are lots of ways to do that um uh, one of the ways that I like to do that is on my way to the barn. I uh, really like to actively um, set intentions to leave everything behind. And I have some different visualizations I can use uh, with colors and, you know, I can put my work life and my um, all, all those stressors in a different color in the si- side of my mind. I put that away. I know it'll stay there when I'm out finished with the barn, I can go back and deal with them. But going to the barn, I have different meditations, different grounding um, tools, so that by the time I drive through that gate of the barn, I'm really ready to be present and take it all in. I love that. And one thing that you mentioned that 
we both do is we find a common place on your way to the barn, even if it's 10 minutes or 45 minutes where you may, might be a stop sign or it might be a restaurant or somewhere where you about halfway and you think this is where I'm going to start taking active steps to prepare myself to be joyful. So if somebody cut you off in traffic, if you had a terrible day or you had a fight with your spouse or your boss, this is when we want to use some of those exercises that I'd love for you to talk about to let that stuff go so that we can start allowing in that opportunity for joy and for happiness. Can you maybe expand on some of maybe one or two of those guides that might help the listeners with getting rid of the junk that they've kind of that frustration or anger that they have during the day? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the key to mindfulness really is to be in present time, right? Yes. So all that other stuff is in the past or is in the future. And so the, the key is to, I love your, what you do is you, 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 you go past a certain stop sign or past a certain place. And at that point, that's a signal. I'm leaving this all behind. Um, So I I love that tool. Another tool that I have is um, really, and again, at a certain point in the drive, or even if your drive is short, as soon as you get in the car, um, um, is to start to be exquisitely present or exquisitely notice what's around you. So whether that's your body in the seat of the car, it, you know, you're noticing your seat on the, on the seat of the car, your feet on the floor, right? And really bring your energy down closer to the ground. Um, um, other ways to get grounded are to, and to be exquisitely present are to note, actually actively notice what's around you. You, you see, you pass a tree, you, you look, you actively notice and, and exquisitely notice the leaves of that tree. So that, and all of that is, is bringing you into present time, which is where the joy is and the gratitude. So, and as you do this, you, 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 I set the intention uh, to, to drop all that emotional energy down to the ground. Yes. Whatever, whatever the emotional chatter, the mental and emotional chatter, I drop it to the ground, knowing that Mother Earth will help cleanse me of it. Right? Just drop it to the ground. And at the same time, I'm being exquisitely present by noticing that tree or that car or whatever it is outside or you know, myself in the seat. Th- those are some tools that really help me and my clients get right so that you're right here in present time. Yes. Not ahead or back what happened yesterday or even an hour ago. Yes. I love that because so many of us will be going to the barn and then you get out of the car and you're still carrying all that stress and tension. You're still either, if you're not in a mindful state, which Darby and I have talked about, you are either back there at work having that argument with the boss or whatever that discussion was, or you're ahead thinking, you know, maybe you have the kids to deal with and you're thinking, oh brother, I have to get home and deal with ABC. You're not being mindful and that means being present right here, right now, because Mm -hmm. where we are right here, right now, that stuff's not happening. And that's where our horses are and that's where we want to meet them in that state of I'm here right now, for you, giving you everything, all my focus, just as you're giving me all your focus. So I love that. Set the intention and then getting grounded and letting that stuff go. And then 
bringing the mindfulness into the picture because yeah. the ultimate is we want to be able to go to the barn and experience the joy of being with these magnificent animals, whether you're riding or doing groundwork or just grazing. We want that heart-to-heart uh, yeah. -heart connection. And you can't have that if all this junk's in the middle. Oh, and by the way, side note, your horse knows all this. So <laughs> if you bring all this stuff with you to the barn and you try and be, be like, oh, today's going to be a great day, but you have all this stuff swirling around you like a tornado, they can see that and feel that. Right, Darby? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And they, and, and then, right. Then they can shut down and, and, and you don't get the benefit of being with them and they don't get the benefit of being with you. Um, so I totally agree. And, and just to, to elaborate on it a little bit, right. The mind, the, the practice that we, you and I were just talking about that that's really pre-barn, right? The goal then would be to carry that into as soon as you step into the barn. Yes. So like, right, to continue to be really exquisitely present. Um, and this is easier because you're at the barn. So yes. <laughs> hopefully it's easier. Yes. Um, and, um, and I'd love for you to talk more about this, but I've, I've incorporated some of your suggestions actually, Julie. Oh, good. Am I right? When I, uh, go up into the barn and look right in my horse's eye and say hello and greet him with love and that heart to heart connection and really do a check in. And that's for him. It's me checking in with him, but it also gives back to me so much as I look right into his eye and really feel his groundedness. He helps me ground, of course, because horses of are so good. And that, um, so that, you know, that's the beginning then of, of the, my time at the barn. So um, maybe oh, you, that. yeah, maybe you can talk more about, about that, about connecting of with your course, horse. Of course. So when we get to the barn, thank you. I'm so glad you're doing that, Darby, because you're an experienced and everyone, Darby is a very experienced rider. She's, she's been showing, she's been doing this for a long time. So she's not a newbie at this. But it's wonderful to, if, if I walked up to you, Darby, and I just went to your front door, barged in and sat down, you'd be like, uh, who are you and why are you in my house and what's happening here? And that's exactly what so many riders do, right? They come to the barn, they can drop some of their junk, but then they go right up to the door. You've got your, you know, you're, you're ready with your gear. You want to bring them out, get them going. And you've got all these lessons in your mind. Like I'm going to get out there and this is what I'm going to do. And you haven't even said hello yet. Yeah. So by slowing down and taking some deep breaths and looking into your horse's eyes and saying, you know, hi, I'm so happy to be here. And I always, always, always ask permission to enter into their space because this may seem like a small thing to us humans, but to them, this is their whole world. This is their safe spot. And so even if you've had your horse a long time, I would encourage you to just ask, is it okay for me to come in? And they always say yes, but it just gives them that little chance of you to connect more with them so that your hearts are now sinking up. And it just starts the whole time with your horse off beautifully, I found, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's like yes, I've been doing that, Julie. Thank you so much yes. for that suggestion too. And and I love that. It just feels so respectful. 
right. right? And so, and the heart to heart connection, I think, I think it's really important to emphasize it helps them, but it just brings that joy into my heart too. And just, which is really the topic of which, which is what we're delving into. How do you get that? And you just don't have that connection. If you just hop, throw the halter on, drag them out, you know, and, and let's go. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's just really lacking in that joy and that appreciation and that respect. And we can also go into talking to them about what we're going to be doing in our plans, which we'll do next. But it is super important that you do these simple steps. But I think some of the simple steps are the most profound steps. Wouldn't you think, Darby? Being mindful sounds so easy. We can just be here now. And by the way, people, I always do this with Darby. We're going to put away our phones, okay? (laughs) Keep your phone in your car. Your horse does not need to hear your phone, and you need to give them the respect and honor of your full attention as they're giving to you. I see a lot of people with their phones in their pockets and I get it, but let's make this as a wonderful, joyous time as we can for both of us, for both parties. Right, right. No, absolutely. It's so hard for us to be in present time and the phone is, I know, biggest culprit. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and it's hard. I mean, it's not easy for us either. Right. But but I really think to to really because the the key to joy is to really fully take in whatever experience you're having, whether it's at the barn or whether it's eating a meal or right. The key to really living and being vital is to be present. And yes. we have to work so much harder now, um, I think, than we ever had before. Because our and all of us, our life that's just the way life is right now. But we really have to counter it by deliberately um, taking these steps, setting intentions, being mindful. It's a lot more work than it used to be when we moved at, you know, half the pace that we do now. Yes. But still with the horses, they have that joyful presence about them. And you can just bring in any type of gratitude and thanking them for being with us because it really is an honor. It's, it's not that everyone has this ability to be with these horses on a daily basis like we do. It's an honor and a blessing. So I think tapping into that Will And remember, also what you put in your electromagnetic field, your horse picks up and mirrors back to you. So if you do, then they're happy. And it's really got that heart-to-heart coherence going on that we all desire, which is just the joy of being there and then having fun. You know, being, being present, as you say, exquisitely present, and then being, having the, it be fun for both of you. Right, right. And I mean, and last, and we can talk a little bit about this, that our seminar today, our class today is really about joy, but I think I'll just put a plug in that if you do all this and you are really in present time with your horse and you have the heart to heart connection, your performance is, is really, you're, you're going to optimize your performance. You're going to ride better. Your horse is going to perform better. And since I work with a lot of competitive riders, that really is important to them. So that the joy, the joy and the connection and the performance go hand in hand. Yes. Yes. I absolutely love that. And especially with riders that are showing because they have a lot more stress on them um, and stress on their horses. So bringing in any kind of fun and joy is where it's at because it's going to take the stress. Because if you're mindful, think about this, if you're mindful and you're bringing joy in, fear can't be in, joy can't be in the same place at the same time. It has to be one or the other. So if you're mindful and you're here right now and you're not thinking ahead and you're not thinking back, then you bring the joy in, the gratitude, there's no room for fear or doubt. That's right. 
but Darby is an expert on handling fear. And I've had a lot of experience, personal experience with fear. And we're going to change the view a little bit. And we're going to say, we, we're getting to the barn. Everything's going great. Now let's pretend that you have had an injury. Perhaps you're not feeling confident for whatever reason. Maybe you have a new trainer, whatever the reason might be. And we're going to the barn. We've done everything we just said. We're mindful. We're trying to bring joy and we're connecting with the horse. But for a lot of equestrians, once they start getting the gear out, you know, they grab the saddle, sometimes it's tacking up, fear starts to creep in. How can people combat that? Yeah. Um, well, different ways. I mean, what, I just want to emphasize what you just said, which I think is beautiful. If the joy is there, if you're really in the moment and connected with the joy, it's really hard for fear to come in. Yes. Um, and so a, a, a big, a, a first step to combating the fear, because right, stepping back here, fear is generally in the past. Like you said, maybe you had a fall last week or three months ago, you're still thinking about that, or it's in the future, which is I might fall off if this happens or my horse. I mean, I work with a lot of people who say, well, if this happens and that happens, then my horse will take off. But how far in the future is that? Right. <laughs> and, uh, what's that? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, they're so far in the future um, that they're not in present time. And in present time, right at this very moment, horse isn't taking off. Horse um, so, so that's really a key component of combating fear is to be really present. So I work with riders to do the process that we already talked about, but even bring it on to you're getting on the horse. So you've tacked up, right? You're mindful. If you're starting to get fearful, you really bring yourself back into present time. You, you use techniques like actually touching the, touching your horse, and really allowing that to be help you and be in present time. You're touching his shoulder. You're aware of that. But then once you get on, um, uh, being very mindful of putting your foot in the stirrup and then sitting down, grounding yourself in the saddle and being right here in present. Um, if your mind starts to wander off, that's okay. You bring it back to the present time. If you're yes. worried that the horse is going to take off. Is he taking off right now? Is he giving indications of that? Be in present time. Because usually these worries, again, they're not in present. Um, right. I have a rider that I was just working with this week, and she has all these kinds of worries. But the horse did, uh, uh, but when the horse actually did take off um, this week and she had to actually handle it. She handled it great. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Perfectly. Everything was fine. It was then afterward, the fear spiked um, again. And we had to, so, so it was really important lesson for her that actually in the moment she's very capable and that the fear was in, was, was passed. <laughs> yes. It wasn't right at this moment. Yes. Um, yes. So, um, so that's the knowledge part, but the practice part is really being mindful and, you know, and then we can incorporate techniques like breathing, relaxation, breathing. Yes. Right. Yes. I raised my hand because my trainer always said I don't breathe. Uh -huh. And when you are processing so much in your mind and you're either, as Darby said, ahead or behind, you're, I, don't breathe. And it's very common, but it's subconscious. So I want everyone to not judge themselves harshly because when you do that, it just starts the cycle of, oh, I'm, I'm not a good rider and oh, I shouldn't have done that. And 
don't judge yourself. It's okay. Just let notice it and let it go and breathe. Because when you do take a breath, like if you take a breath right now, it just grounds you. It slows things down and it brings you back to your center and brings you brings that mindfulness right back in. And I love what you said, Darby, even if you're on the horse or you're on the mounting block, that's when for me, fear start to creep in again, mm -hmm. bring yourself back, breathe, touch the horse on the, on the shoulder. Or if you swing your leg over, touch them, you know, right on the withers or tell them they're being, you know, a good boy or a good girl. And remember you are in control. I think people forget and think, well, I have this plan and I have to do ABC. We have to walk track canner, walk track canner, do some jumps. You're in control. You can do anything you'd like, right? So let's think about what would be fun. Let's, I can stop anytime I want. I can do something different if I want. I can go for that jump over there or maybe I can get out the cones. My favorite thing is getting out cones. My horse loves cones. <laughs> let's do some work, you know, let's, so let's, Bringing back the fun, as you said, Darby, keeps you grounded and mindful. And, and I honestly believe that if you breathe and laugh and think, let it be fun, your horse picks up on that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, they, right, they definitely read us and respond and reflect what, what, what we're feeling inside. Um, and what you said, I want to just go back to what you said about being in control, because this is something I work with people on all the time that, um, that we, we get to decide, right? Because so people are often fear that things are going to get out of control. Yes. And my point is, if you're really in present time, you're going to know if your horse, because people tend to have fears of horse taking off or another type of fear is making a mistake, which we can talk about in a minute, but a horse taking off or something bad happening in that way. And my point is the horse is going to give you warning, yes. but you're only going to pick up on it if you're present and yes. are open to receiving it, right? Yes. So you have a lot of control, um, right? And you need to be in present time so you can pick up on realistic fear because there's the kind of fear we're talking about, past, future worries, blah, blah, blah. But then there's the realistic fear. So when my horse raises his tail, like he does when he's, um, <laughs> I know the tail raise means got to get off and lunge a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I have a realistic fear. It's important to heed that. Like he's telling me, uh, I, I need to go buck around. I need to go buck. And if you don't get off me and lunge me, I will have to buck you off. Yes. So, but if I don't listen to that, uh, you know, I, th the only way to listen to that is to really be aware. I mean, the tail is an obvious one, but, but there's a lot of su more subtle cues that horses give us, right. About what they need yes. um, or if they're fearful and we need to, we, we want to be able to listen to that and react to that. And in that way we reinforce our sense of, yes, we are in control. Yes. Yes. Right. So two important things you just said is the ability to be, when you're in that mindful state, you can see those type of subtle signs, which are not very subtle when you're on the horse, you know, they see the ears go back, yeah. you see the head come up. If they see something or, or another horse is running around or, yeah. you know, if one's running, they want to run the tail comes up, but you miss that. If you're see that's that. And that's why I got dumped a couple of years ago. I missed all that junk. We were done for the day. And we were going back. And then all of a sudden he thought he saw a bear or something. Cause in Connecticut, there are bear and he did a 180. We were done. In fact, 
My feet were almost out of the stirrups. We were done for the day, but I was still far from the barn. That's my fault, not his fault. Mm -hmm. And he turned and I fell. That's, that's my fault because I was not present. I had thought we're done for the day. Yeah, we're just going to go back in and you're not paying attention. Right. So that's super important. And then the, you're, you're missing the cues, but if you're mindful, you'll see all the cues. And then another thing you just said, which I love is, which goes back to, you have the power to do whatever you'd like. If you need to get off and go lunch again, go ahead, do whatever makes you feel good and makes your horse perform better and that you feel more in sync. If he feels a little hyper, get off and do a little lunging, do a little groundwork. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And fear, fear just paralyzes us right often. Um, and then we feel like we're stuck <sighs> and then that increases the fear. So the point is to write, to put the control back, to put you back in the driver's seat and maybe you don't even need to get off. Maybe you just have to be, uh, if you're aware, you realize, Oh, your horse is sort of sensing that there's a bear over there. Yes. So you put your feet in the stirrups and you're going to shorten your reins. And actually maybe you'd just be fine. You could do, it would only be a sort of a 180 a 90 and you might've stayed on. Yes. So, um, yes. so, but that's being in present time with your horse. Yes. Right? One uh, thing, one thing Darby and I had discussed, which I think is for me as a rider, super important has made all the difference is riding every stride. Hmm. And this I've had trainers tell me this. I've had best friends tell me this. Uh, for me, it really works because my mind does wander. So I need to really ride every stride, ride every step and think I'm here. I'm here because that also can keep you mindful. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Darby? Cause I know that you said that works for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And this, and, and then riding every stride also helps combat the other kind of fear that we were, that we touched on that robs people of joy, which is this kind of perfectionism or this, feeling that somehow I'm going to make a mistake, which is, again, a, a, a future worry rather than a, and one way to combat that is to ride every stride, right? To be, if you're worried you're going to make a mistake on fence three, um, then before you even get to fence one, you're not riding fence one and you're not riding the corner and you're not aware of your pace. You're just worried about fence three. Yes. So, uh, so it really helps your performance and your enjoyment. If you just stay with your horse, you know how to ride, be with your horse. You have to be, you know, with him where he is, but also so that you can adjust whatever's going on at the moment. But it also just reduces the fear because you're right in present time, you can handle it. You can handle this stride right now, yes. right? And then you can handle the next stride. Yes. Um, um, it's all doable. It's it's like breaking things down into smaller bits so that yes. you, can, you can manage them. Um, so I love ride every stride. It really helps people both with their performance and with their anxiety. And knowing that it's still there, but you can control it is a big factor and makes me feel stronger as a rider right. because it, it, it makes me feel that I have control here. As you said, in, in the now, I'm okay. He's okay. Right. And I'm okay. So if it, it's going to take a couple strides for them to, if you're afraid of them going off and, you know, bucking or, or, you know, running around and dumping you, whatever the case may be. Again, that's a future fear, as you said, but when you're riding every stride, it takes a little couple strides to do that. They can't just do that like right away. Mm -hmm. But if you're riding every stride, you're going to see those changes. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that's so important. And I think 
I'd love to talk about visualization because I don't think enough riders do this. And I know I use it. I think you use it. When we're on the horse, let's talk a little bit about how we can visualize maybe guiding our horses to a calmer state or to what we really want to accomplish. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Yeah. Are you talking about, about visualization when you're actually riding or before yes. you ride? When you're actually riding. When you're actually riding. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, well, you gave me the technique, which I really liked and I've used, Julie, which is to show pictures to your horse about what you're going to do. Yes. Uh, and this isn't, a you might be on, but telling him in pictures, um, right, what, this is what we're going to do today. Yep. Um, and it can be a pretty quick visualization of, okay, we're going to do this, that, and the other, we're going to do, do this kind of warm up. We're going to be in this ring and then we're going to go to the other ring and you're, you're communicating it to him, but you're also, also running through it in your mind and visualizing how you want to go. It's like setting an intention, right? Throwing that energy out there of this is, this is my intention of how I want this to go. Yes. Um, yes. Um, that does work perfectly before you get on just so that you're on the same page. Mm -hmm. And then if I want my horse to slow down, I actually think of an elephant's feet because <sighs> elephant have big feet and they go very slowly. And miraculously, when I put that picture in my mind, he slows down. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. our minds are so strong. And I think that if we're mindful and conscious of where we are, that they can pick up on your images as well as your energy. Cause as you said, you're running it through your mind. So you're visually seeing it and they are as well. They That's can pick a up on great technique. I yeah. love that. I, that. that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know I, how slow they are. Yeah. And and literally light, slow down, but light on their feet. Elephants are right. Yes. They're very light on their feet. Oh, I love that. Actually, Julie, I haven't used that, that I haven't, articulated the visualization technique quite that way. So that is really useful. Yes. Um, Especially I mean, if your I, horse is kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. like they're getting hyped up. I just think of an elephant's feet and how slow they go, you know, just, and he will literally slow down. That's so interesting. Thank you for articulating that. I mean, I will think, you know, when I'm, let's say when I'm trotting and I'm posting and then I want them to come up underneath me and I'm going to, you know, I, I think there is this moment of visualization of what I want it to look like, but I hadn't articulated it with that, that, that kind of image. So that's very useful. Thank you. Yes. Try uh, that. And you can bring in anything you'd like that maybe would uh, make it more fun and joyful, but I love the elephant's because they're just, as you said, they're light on their feet, but they're slow, right? They take mm -hmm. their time and horses can pick up on so much mm -hmm. more, more, so more than what we really probably understand is mm -hmm. my feeling from talking with them, but try that next time. <laughs> so they're picking up on the, the, so just to dig a little deeper here, the horse is picking up on the image because as you've taught me, horses think in images. Yes. Um, so they're picking up on the image. But I think we also are picking up on that, right? That image is an intention, right? If we send a, set an intention, it sort of sets our energy flowing in a certain direction. So it also is an intention for us and we, we react and it's, it's, it, 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 it's not even a really a, a cognitive thought process. It's more of a automatic response, I think. Yes, yes. So yeah. when you're taking your horse out and you know what you're gonna do for the day, 
that's when I always suggest let's communicate that to them because they don't know what in the heck you're going to do. Are they going to get on a trailer and go to a show? Are they going to do some, you know, groundwork? Are they going to go on a trail ride? They don't know. So by putting that into your mind, this is what we're going to do today and run it through. You can do it really quickly though. Okay. And then when you're on them, you can continue to give them more images and they will pick up on them because yeah. that they, they, when they give me words, they also give me images, but they give me more images than words. Mm -hmm. So being the communicator, they always respond better because and faster as we would to images. Yeah. Pictures, words, sounds, and words. Right. You know, right? So you right. think, you know, I'm going to have a clear round. It's going to be awesome. We're going to just be in sync with each other and you run it through your mind. They're going to feel that too. Yeah. Oh, that, that's a great technique. Okay. I'm going to try, I'm going to test drive it. I want you to try it and let me know how it works for you. I will. I will. <laughs> I will not be shocked if your horse just slows right down. Yeah. I will not be shocked. Or I was just working with someone comes to mind who, whose horse, I believe, is um, she gets quite nervous at shows, not uncommon. And she gets, and there's a different horse between the warm up ring and entering the ring. And the warm up ring, he's, and my horse, personal horse is this way too. The warm up ring, he's just kind of his normal self, as we all are. And then as he gets to the show ring, his energy elevates. Yes. Um, and she interprets that as him being distracted, but I interpret that as he's saying, look, we get to shout. Let's go. Let's say game on. Let's game. go. Exactly. That's exactly yes. what I said to her. Yes. Right? Yes. He's saying game on. I'm ready. And she's right. And she's reacting with this fear because to her, that tension in his body means something fearful like he might take off like, or i don't she doesn't even have and i'm saying no we have to retrain that a little because he's issuing i think he's issuing an invitation to you he is to join him he is yeah yes i can see it that's why i you said game it. on he's like that's so funny i no. thought i said the same thing to her no. and so um so anyway i'm just bringing this up as an example of the other rather than slowing down i'm trying to help her connect with his game on energy because actually she could use a little she even though she loves to show she kind of retreats rather than game on so anyway it's it's a it's another challenge to get her to kind of come forward and meet him as he issues that invitation so he's he's doing that to get her going too um there was an adventure i saw that had a camera on her helmet once and she always had a ritual or an intention and she would say let's go like Whatever you can give yourself any words or any pictures, but it's kind of like a, this is the moment where we're going to go shine. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Yeah. That's what he's trying to get to her, but she's yeah. perceiving it as, Oh my God, like, uh, right. like he's going to go like, so that is all just giving yourself a different lens and right. maybe a, a word or two that would be like, yes, we're together. Like, let's go, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. But, but that's so common for all of us. A lot of us warm, warm up ring. We're okay. We're nervous, but your nerves are high. It's not easy. I'm not going to lie and say it isn't. And when you get in there, it's like you have that moment, right? Like, right. Ah! And, but if but, you can transform that yes. from a eh to a ah. Yes. <laughs> How different does that feel in your body from unsafe to safe? Right. From holy crap to this is going to be great. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a big one that most people that so funny you say this because when I get nervous, I've learned to say, they say excitement and 
fear, excitement, and nerves go together, like two opposite sides of the coin, right? So if you're nervous, instead of saying nervous today, I'm excited, it's a different feeling in your body. So if she can try and do that instead and say, I'm excited instead of I'm nervous, that flips it for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, heard, I've yeah. heard a lot of people talk about this and it seems to really work because you feel different in your body when you're excited versus when you're nervous, you're scared. When you're excited, you're, you're pretty happy. Like right. this is, this is cool. Right. No, you're talking about the misattribution of that, that kind of feeling in your body. And a lot of people make this misattribution, right? They feel yes. this bit of tension and excitement in their body and they think it's fear and they've attributed that to fear. Yes. But if you can reprogram it, and and connect in with let's say if we're talking about a show situation someone's excitement about showing right that they're that they get to show off yes. right we can, yes. <laughs> right put on our um then you can really transform that it's the same it's almost the same body sensation in some way but if you attribute it in a different way you can really enhance your focus and your enjoyment right yes. or for some people uh for me included i remind myself I love doing this. Yes. This is joyful. Look. And I, right, I actually set an intention for the round. I put, um, I like a gold energy all around me and all around the ring to just elevate it. Um, And I walk in and it's like, I've arrived. Yes. That's amazing. (laughs) Feeling Right. It's why we show, it's part of why we show is to say, look, I'm all gussied up. And, yeah, I got my duds on. I'm ready to go. My horse looks good. Let's do this. Yeah. Let, let me show you what I got today. Yes. Right? Um, yes. It, but it's surprising how hard it may be not surprising, but it is so hard for so many people to really bring that, even though they love showing and they work hard at it and they certainly spend a lot of time and energy and resources. Um, and then they get to the show and they're not enjoying it. They're actually not feeling joyful. They're feeling constricted. They're feeling like they're going to throw up. They got butterflies. But so, so, um, that's how I felt. I felt like that. I mean, I felt like, you know, this is really scary. It's a big deal. I'm, I'm nervous. But, but then again, if you say you're excited and if you can put a picture in your mind of excitement equals happiness, that takes a lot of the fear away. Cause again, they can't exist in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. I mean, Darby and I have talked about, about this a lot and we riders, equestrians are perfectionists. A lot of us, we are usually type A people. We like to show people what we can do. Um, and we want to do things the right way by our, for us and for our horses and perfectionism can get in the way. You know, I want to have a perfect lesson. How many times have you heard that? I've said that to myself a million times, just on a lesson. I want to have a perfect round. Um, I want to have a perfect trail ride, you know, but in reality, you're setting yourself up for kind of disaster because perfectionism and it's kind of like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. What's perfect for you, Darby, is probably, I have a probably totally different definition. Well, I'd love it if we could delve a little bit into perfectionism and type A people and how we can the expectations that we set and how we can set ourselves up for success rather than failure. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectionism. What a burden, right? This is a big deal for riders. It's a big deal. And it's a big deal generally, I think for people even out of the saddle, right? Yes. um, Well, first, what first comes to mind is, you know, perfection is when, when you're in the state of demanding 
to be perfect. It's a state of judgment, right? Yes. And uh, whenever we're in sort of a state of judgment, we're probably unhappy and, and our energy is low. And it's not uh, right. What we want to try to cultivate, if we can, is... Um, uh, as being in a uh, a growth kind of state or a growth mindset, right? Uh, uh, we perfectionism it, it just kills it kills joy. It really kills performance. It's there is a good pe- part about it is it motivates, right? If we have goals and we're I don't want to say perfectionism because it's it, there is in moderation perfectionism is a motivator, right? Those people yes. who the Olympics, right? They're, they're refined. They want to do the perfect half pass, right? They yes. want to, to have yes. their pirouette be perfect. And yet too much perfectionism just completely, like I said, kills joy and it, and it kills performance. Um, so, so what do we do about it? One, one, one suggestion that I always try to work people away from perfectionism into this, this growth mindset, okay. right? that um, we're, we're in a state of learning. Like, I don't know, I don't care how well you do something, right? We're in a state of, I, I want to learn. I'm going to learn every day. I'm going to yes. learn, right? There's, there's per, what's perfect? Like you said, what's, what, what does that even mean? Right. Because um, perfect of, means you're done learning when we always want to be learning. Always. Exactly. What does it mean? Um, right. So I think you have to, if you're, if you're, if you're under this sort of tyranny of perfectionism, then you really have to ask what what does what does that mean? Why am I doing this to myself? Right? Yes. Because for most of us riders, really, we want to grow. If we if we if we're jumping three foot right now, you know, maybe our goal is by next end of next year to be, you know, doing doing the three three or or whatever it is. I mean, I, you can throw lots of goals, but. We, but you want to have a, a growth mindset, um, which means, um, um, which leads me into the next point, which is when you're so perfectionistic, you hold your standards up here, um, but but you also lose track of the small small goals, right? Of t- today, you're you're not going to perfect whatever it is, but you might make this prog- x progress or y progress, and that's those are doable those are reachable. Um, right. And you need to give yourself a pat on the back when you get there and your horse for goodness. Sake. Yes. 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 Um, so, um, um, so that's a couple thoughts I have about perfectionism. Do you want to throw some other things? I, I take, uh, I take a, uh, so I've always been a perfectionist, a type A person. Uh, I'm learning to, uh, release that and, um, relax with that. Because you are setting yourself up for failure a lot of times. Um, we oh, right. That comes from a place of fear, uh, scarcity, and it comes from a place when you're judging. That's, that's what you're cultivating instead of the growth mindset, which is um, when fear is, you know, your closed mindset, you, you know, you've learned all you can or you're at this pinnacle and there's nothing else for you. Perfectionism, it's kind of like this high, high thing that you're trying to achieve, but it's hard to get there. And if you get there, it's only going to last for a few seconds. What is perfection? As we say, what is perfection? Everyone's idea of perfection is different. So with a growth mindset, you want to be open and forgiving, be gentle on yourself, non-judgmental, and of your horse, who's 50% of the equation. They could be having a bad day, just like we do, whatever the case may be. Um, But I think it's really important to give yourself a break. And we want to set ourselves up for wins 
And I like to think of this as reframing success. And in business, I'll tell you in business, I always thought of success. This is another one. What do you think of when I say success? Everyone has a different idea of what success looks like, right? But I thought of success in terms of money only. Mm. And I, you know, you can go a long time and if you don't reach this number in your head, which is expectations like perfectionism, you don't reach those goals, then you think you failed and all this work you've done and you're a failure and you set yourself up and it's kind of like a domino effect. You're not winning. You're not building yourself up. You're tearing yourself down versus every day when you ride, as you said, have a bite-sized goal, right? And maybe if you haven't cantered in a while, I'm just going to canter around one time. And, and then that's a win, right? You've right. got to pat yourself on the back, pat your horse on the back, because if you don't, you're going to go for a long period of time and nobody's getting recognition or happiness because you're trying to be perfect and nobody's winning. Whereas if you say, hey, you know what? He did that really great today. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of me. That's a win. And now you're getting back to that joyful state, which is what right. we're trying to get back to. Right. right. And I would just, you mentioned um, the fear of failure. Yes. And, um, which, you know, we really want to encourage, right? The only way you grow is to get out of your comfort zone and risk failure, right? And there's a lot of press on this now, a lot of talk about it, but it's really true, right? If you're going to grow, Julie, and you're going to try some new things with your horse or with your business or with whatever, you're going to have to, you're going to have to risk failure. You're going to step out of the comfort zone, do some new things. Maybe they'll work, maybe they won't, but, but we can't then label, we have to enjoy sort of, so to speak, enjoy the failure. Like, oh, okay, I tried this, that part of it worked, but this part of it didn't. Okay, so I'm going to try this in a different way, yes. right? That's, that's the growth mindset we're talking about. You can't be afraid of failure. Yes. Failure is really only when we don't try things, try new things, right? And try to grow. Yes. Um, so I think we're really, we're lucky to live in these times because I think we really are questioning this business of perfection and failure and what these really, these terms mean. Yes. Um, yes. Right. I mean, uh, I have someone who, who likes to say to me, um, you know, go out and make new mistakes today. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Don't make the same mistake. Make right. new mistakes today and learn from them. Right. So I think that's really what we're talking about. And when right. we're riding, that's the case also that, that, right. You're going to try something new with your horse. Maybe you can get them to move forward better if you do, I don't know, uh, try something different. Right. Right. Or you try a different trainer for a day or you go to a clinic and audit it. There's, there's so many ways to get out right. of the same old, same old. And you need to do that for your growth and for your horse's growth. And will it work every time? Probably not. But you know what? You tried and you did something different. And that's what you have to say. Hey, I did a good job today. Right. Horse did a good job today. Because right. the more wins you have, the, the easier it is to get back to that joyful state. Because perfectionism is judging. You're always judging yourself and your horse. How good did we do? How not could we do? I mean, I've talked to people and they've gotten off their horse. You always say, you know, how was your ride? And, uh he didn't do this, this, and this. Instead of saying the good things he did, you know what? We have to work on this, but you know what? He was really great over here because they feel your energy too. Remember, you're 50% a team. Right. And so he or she is feeling everything you feel. So if you're constantly down for days and weeks and months at a time, they're going to get down too. 
And now you're, you're kind of in a bummer of a little bit of a, you kind of can get stuck where we always want to bring in the joy. Let's keep it fun. Let's keep it non-judgmental. Thank you for being with us today. Darby has been so gracious with her time. I really appreciate you being here, Darby. Oh, and thank you, Julie. We have talked today about being in a mindful state and how to bring mindfulness and joy back to you and your horse at the barn and riding. We've talked about fear and how to overcome fear and also about perfectionism and type A personalities and how you can set yourself up uh, with positive expectations versus expectations that are too large by being perfect. So what Darby and I were thinking is of doing, uh, having, if you watch this and you have questions on any of these subjects, we'd love to do a Q&A for you. Um, Darby, you will, we can make ourselves available if you'd like to do a Q&A from any of your people that see this and that have questions around mindfulness, fear, any of this, we'd love to help you. Absolutely. That would be, that would be a pleasure. Awesome. All right. So both of us will figure out when we can do that, what day would work, and then you can send us questions. We'll go live and we'll be happy to answer any questions and help you. So we hope you've enjoyed this masterclass and we look forward to doing more with you. Thank you so much, Darby. Thank you, Julie. It's just been terrific. Yay. Thank you. Okay.